Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. When people, you said Middle America, the heartland, when they start watching something, ultimately, you know, it starts to spread a grassroots kind of feel. And people talk about it, you know, interiorly in our country. And it's it seemingly has spread out to the New York and L.A. And it's a great feeling. Cole Hauser plays Rip Wheeler on Paramount Network's Yellowstone, which just ended its fourth season with its biggest ratings yet, as the show's popularity continues to grow across the nation. I'm Michael Schneider, and on this edition of the Variety Awards Circuit Podcast, we talk to Yellowstone star Cole Hauser about how his series has turned into a mega hit and now an awards contender after four seasons. But first, our Award Circuit Roundtable shares burning questions on what to look out for as the Oscar nominations finally take place. It's all next on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close. All right, everyone, pencils down. Nomination voting is uh, done. Now we I just need five more minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Pass your papers to the front. Grab a a cocktail now that dry January is over. And you can uh, fill fill that glass. And we wait for the big announcement on February 8th. But in the meantime, you've got the Award Circuit Roundtable, everybody. I'm Michael Schneider, your pal uh, in awards land, along with Clayton Davis. Hi, my pal, Mike Schneider. (laughs) Papa the Grape. Popping, popping that grape. Janelle Riley. Hi, I have no one to peel my grapes for me, so <laughs> I'll just have to watch Clayton in jealousy. <laughs> <laughs> and Jazz Mayhem Tanke. Oh my gosh, hello. I want grapes now, Clayton. That's good. Grapes are the best. Did you bring enough for everyone? <laughs> I did right. not. I did not. We're not in person. They're nature's yeah. candy. <laughs> January ever, January was was five years long, right? That was oh like a five year oh long month, yes. right? Yeah, the longest month ever. Yeah. It's actually twenty twenty seven now. I don't know if you realize, it, it. but we <laughs> we fast forwarded five years. A lot has happened. A lot has changed, but yet it's still the same. Do we have flying con- cars yet? No flying I was cars. Promised no jet flying packs. cars by now. Damn it. Yep. <laughs> yep. We self drive cars though. Yeah, we'll we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> Here we are, and uh, you know this is where now we turn to uh, Clayton, and we say, Clayton, did you get it right? Did you get it right? Did oh you get it right? God! <laughs> um, it, it, it 
it's it's all over the place, right? Like we don't know. I mean, it could actually be really easy, and we're overthinking it, or it could be complete mayhem. Where oh, we like, like 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 Jazz's tattoo. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> or a little bit of both is my guess. Yeah. 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 Always always choose violence. It's uh, it's Tuesday morning, right? The 8th, February 8th, at some ungodly hour they will announce. 5 a.m., oh, right? This, this, this is my first year on the West Coast having to get up at 5 uh-huh. to well, do this welcome nonsense. Welcome to hell. Well, actually, so I'm, uh, shameless plug, I'm going to be on ABC for an entire hour leading up to the nominations announcement, and my call time is 2.30 a.m. Oh, my God. Oh, oh. my goodness. That's, that's not a call time. That's the middle of the night. Yeah. Well, that that, that also means you don't sleep. That, yeah, that I'm not going to sleep. <laughs> that's, no. Not at all. So, oh, that's going to be fun. You're going to be punchy. That's, that's, that is must-see TV, everybody. Yeah. I'm going to be in a bad mood. No, I'm going to be in a good mood. Because, right, so I have some burning questions that I think uh, will get us through this uh, ordeal. And that gives us predictions on the process. What film is going to lead the nominations? Wait, on the count of three, let's all say it. One, two, three. Dune. Dune. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yep, probably going to be Dune. Uh, Dune, by the way, if my predictions are correct, because they are in the magazine. If you're listening to this, you can go check that out. And they're on the website. Dune will be the sixth film in history to be nominated in every single tech category. Wow. Yeah. Oh, if only it could have snagged that best nom, that, that best song nom. Well, they 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 don't uh, inc- when they talk about the tech categories, they don't include the song in that, which is a little strange. They only t- none of the music because not every film has music, I guess. Right, right. So, so uh, yeah, so it would be um, the five, and I'm sorry, it would be number six, and they've all been relatively um, recent, and only one won best picture, Titanic. Oh. How about that? You yeah. consider that recent? It feels so long well, ago, but I guess well, it is. The, yeah. that was, well, that was the first one to do it. It's Titanic, Hugo, Mad Max Fury Road, The Revenant, which those two were the same year, and, oh God, it's slipping me right now. Something else I'll tell you in a second. But go ahead, you can include your thoughts on Dune. I mean, it's it hasn't really missed, has it? In all of the Guild nominations and everything coming up. Uh, I don't know, was it eligible for uh, WGA? It was, and it got in. Okay, then yeah, yeah it really has. It, it, it's the only film that got a mention, not so, not necessarily like the top category mention, but it's the only one that got a mention at every single guild this yeah, year. Yeah, twelve guilds. Yeah, except for SAG, which we know it got just... stunts. Oh, stunts. Well, you know what? That and, I, and I count that. In my opinion, that counts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's where it got the. Tw- it scored 12, 12 of the guilds. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry. And the other film was Master and Commander, which funny that year. Was Lord of the Rings: Return of the King? It missed cinematography that year. It did. Wow. And Master and Commander won. So the only reason why it won, well, not the only wow. reason, but like the reason. <laughs> yeah. So there's that. So we're we're all on the same page there. Okay. Uh, next question. For the first time since 1950, will we have the Best Director category be devoid of any first-time director nominees? I let's look Ooh. over. And, I don't know. I feel like <sighs> there's a chance that Drive My Car. Could still make it in there. Stay. There's four people that can, in theory, quote unquote, make it. The DGA five, Jane Campion, Denny Villeneuve, Kenneth Branagh, Paul Thomas Sanders, Paul Thomas Anderson, and Steven Spielberg. Those are the five I'm I'm predicting. Same. I am predicting four of those, and I'm still looking at Sean Hader. Who does she replace? 
you know, you're going to think I'm crazy, but I think Kenneth Branagh. And I'll, I'll tell you why, because this, this happens a lot with the Oscar. Well, actually, it's tricky, because Kenneth Branagh might be thought of a director as a director more than he is as an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have those Ben Afflecks or those Bradley Coopers who make a movie that is, you know, far and away acclaimed and a crowd pleaser, seems a lock for the director category, and they miss. I don't know if it is some sort of bias against actors encroaching on directing jobs. No, 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 it's it's totally the actor-turned-directors do have a harder time. Clint Eastwood, famously, was snubbed for Bird after winning the Globe. It happens a lot. However, the big difference between Branna, and I've heard this brought up a lot, people think it's Branna that's going to miss, and I don't, he's been been nominated before. All those people that miss were never nominated. And he is very established as a director. Um, I would, So my guess would be him or Steven Spielberg, and I would keep an eye on Sean Hader for Coda and Adam McKay for Don't Look Up. Those I predicted them both for DGA. Neither one of those two got in. Um, so we'll see. And if, and if Adam McKay makes it, by the way, he's still for, he's been nominated before, so he still doesn't break yep. the, the stat. <laughs> Correct. Yep. So here's my take on that. I'm with you, Clayton, on your five. However, to Janelle's point... I would leave Kenneth in. I would, I'm on the fence of taking out PTA for either Del Toro or Sean, if she makes it in for Coda. I feel Del- Nightmare Alley is really loved. It got it's picking a up a lot of momentum. Surge. Yeah. 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 So it's like, if he gets in, keep him with the stats still, but like, yeah. At whose expense? Nightmare Alley is the only movie I've really seen campaigning, like in person, and you know, really, really picking up steam over these last few weeks. Yeah, I, I, I ended up taking Nightmare Alley in the end as my number ten in picture. Um, I have PTA as my five. My alternate is Guillermo. I think as of this moment, either that or Hamaguchi. One of the two are gonna. I feel like are the like six, seven, but again, there's like kind of a, I think Sean would not surprise me, but you know, very little things do. To Jazz's point, obviously I'm a huge fan of licorice pizza and I think licorice pizza could either really, really overperform or possibly underperform. I'm, I'm a little, I'm not getting a vibe on what people are thinking. I know obviously the people I talked to when it came out loved it. Um, I think it's, it's, going to overperform, but there's a part of me that is very concerned. <laughs> I, I, I think I have it doing like a ladybird. It'll be picture director, supporting actor, and original screenplay. But I think I did take it in costumes. That's the conversation we had. We were like, okay, if they love PTA, they also love Mark Bridges, and he could slip in to costume. Haven't you, I've sent some uh, licorice pizza backlash in the past. There, there is some. Well, there's I, backlash yeah. for everything, yeah. <laughs> sure. But, but, but I, I don't think, it, it's not as loved as, as it is. That, a lot of combos over the last few days, it's it's divisive, I think, just kind of like. It's got some problematic uh, pro- problematic themes, portrayals as well. Um, and, yeah. and I think Have this conversation's probably not happening at the right time. Uh, I haven't had a chance yet, no. Because no one ever sends me screeners. Boom. But you can watch Nightmare Alley, Mike, because that's That's on HBO and Hulu. I saw that. As of today, number one on my list now to see. Did they put in, is it the black and white version too or just the color version? I think it's just the color version. I believe so. That's fine. All right. Uh, Next burning question. 
Will there be any women of color nominated for the in the acting categories? I have more optimism than Clayton does on I, this. I hope you do. Because <laughs> um, I think we I, all agree. I, Ariana, Ariana DeBose. DeBose yep. Sure. Yeah. I'm still hanging in there with Anjanou Ellis for King Richard. Actually, no, I took Anjanou. You did? I did. I took her at the end. Yeah. I have King Richard doing a five day. Because of Will's, I think Will Smith, I think she comes in. If Will's winning, I think she comes in with him. Uh, and so did you bump out Ruth Nega is my question? I did bump uh, out Ruth Nega. And that's because one of the future questions, will we have a lone screenplay nominee, which we have had every year since the expansion of the 10. And I was looking for my lone screenplay nominee prediction and I'm going with passing, getting it adapted, but Ruth Nega missing. I don't know. I, I am very curious to see if Ruth Nigga misses. I have a I have a pretty strong feeling about her getting in. I'm really curious kind of what happened with Marley Matlin and Coda because everyone was predicting a nomination for her since last year, frankly. And we know that people are seeing the movie and they're loving the movie and the you know ensemble got nominated. Um, I'm wondering if she might be able to make it into the top five at the end there. I think it's just a really competitive lineup. It's she just stepped, so she stepped into a really competitive supporting yeah. actress year. She really did. I kept Anjanou in. I do wonder. I know Best Actress is crazy. I do wonder if Jennifer Hudson makes it in there or if she misses there, she makes it into original song. I don't know where to put her right now. So I think this brings about a very interesting question because it's not on the list. But if J-Hud is in, do you guys have K-Stu and Gaga both in or one out? I have them both in. Yeah, I have them. I have them both in too. But Gaga, Gaga but, in. but Gaga's my five. Uh, do you know what I have that you might think is a little crazy? I have Frances McDormand getting nominated in supporting. Do you, I heard? I some one thousand think percent think it's a supporting role. But do you think people buy that and are going to go for it? I think if they see the movie, yeah. So wait, now I'm curious. So your lineup in supporting includes Anjanou. Francis and who and then the other standard three Katrina Kirsten and um, Ariana. I have Kirsten and Ariana. Hold on, let me see. Uh, I believe I have. Uh, I believe I do have Katrina Valve. Katrina. I basically have her and Ruth tied for <laughs> for the fifth slot. So. So you haven't made your final decision yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. The switcheroos have happened, but they have trying to think if when's the last time it happened the other way around. I don't think it has from lead to supporting, definitely supporting a lead. So it well, I'm, I'm not in this category. I was thinking, but, um, supporting actor last year, obviously Lakeith Stanfield showed up yes. out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 but, and that was explained through a, through a math problem, not a math oh, problem, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm like 95% sure it was it was because Daniel Kaluuya made the five in lead and whatever you get more votes in is where you end up getting supporting. But everything that had him in lead, I think Lakeith was on those same ballots in supporting. So when you take him out, Lakeith still has enough votes to get into a supporting actor. I was told there would be no math, so I'm not <laughs> sure I'd follow that. Yeah, but it's, but it's I actually trust gross. You. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it doesn't happen often, but in, in theory, 
like it could happen, but I think I kind of think uh, Macbeth is our news of the world this year and kind of fell off the rails. At the I, end. You know what? I think you might be right, which is why I'm going with Katrina over Francis. But I think if Francis shows up, it'll be in supporting. Okay. People might also just figure, you know, it, there's this weird thing, sort of like we talk about Amy Adams missing the nomination for Arrival. I posited at the time that there was this attitude of like, well, we know she's not winning because that that year was locked, I believe, for Kate Blanchett. Um, no, that's that's the Emma Stone year. That was the Emma Stone year. Yeah. Um, so it was like, why nominate them again? You know, <laughs> and put them through all this. Yeah, I compare that to uh, I think the Julianne Moore year for a single man. I think Ugh. that came into play, <laughs> and then yeah. Annette Benning with the report. I think sometimes if they don't have an intention of like giving it to you now, they're just like, yeah, why not? Yeah. Amy Amy was a legit miss, like, and one of that the most insane. shocking shocking of. A long time. That was up and up until Kristen Stewart missing out on SAG. That was probably my biggest shock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next question: Was the parallel mother surge real? <sighs> do you think? Do you think Penelope Cruz is in? I don't know. Boy, that is a tough one. I mean, I hope so. She should be in that top five, but it's like, who does she displace? I took her. You took her over J Hud. I took her, and I dropped Jessica Chastain. You think? You did. Wow. Yeah, which which is why, like, I think it's God. If, if Penelope's in, and I feel really good based on combos, that Kristen is in. So that leaves Jessica or Gaga. I think they're both on the bubble, and I just dropped Chastain. Interesting. Wow, that is bold. Um, I'm, look- I'm actually looking at your uh, your lineup here. You have... Kidman. That's not this updated is different. yet. Okay, okay, never mind. <laughs> I won't. I won't speak then. Uh, yeah. So Kidman's still have- definitely getting it, right? Kidman Nicole Kidman and Olivia Coleman. Those are the two yeah. sure things. Everything else, go throw a rock, and you'll be right. I still am holding out hope for Alana Hyam. The question is, but the, I just don't know who she pushes out. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't feel. And good again, of, yeah. I still don't know what where Licorice Pizza stands. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I think it's either going to go gangbusters or maybe a little disappointing. You know who was really surging and like no one's really talked about it. And this also could ultimately displace Penelope Cruz. Uh, Renat Renziv, I think that's how you pronounce it, for the worst person in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Staggering how much she came up in conversations. Yeah. Yeah. She's fantastic. So I think she, I don't know, I don't think she has enough to get in. I think she has enough to steal votes from Penelope Cruz. And then maybe not make it, and then prevent her from making it in. But it could just be, like, the SAG-5. I think, again, we could be overthinking it. Like, maybe Hudson does make it. Yeah. But, you know, or maybe Stewart is in instead of Hudson, and then that's your that's your five, and then you're done. But who knows? Next one. How many Belfast boys will there be? I want everyone to know, for the record, Janelle is holding up a donut. <laughs> it's delicious. Yeah. I think if, uh, I think... Kieran Hines has the best shots, but I don't know. That's another crazy category. I think this was my uh, ballsy pick of of the lot that I think I did. I took in Kieran Hines. I left Jamie Dornan out. I dropped Jared Leto and kept Ben Affleck. Oh. So can I explain the, the Affleck-Leto thing? Because it's really interesting. I think by far Gucci's more seen than Tender Bar. By far. But half the people that have seen Gucci 
don't like Gucci, nor do they like Jared Leto in it. Everyone I spoke to that has seen Tender Bar thinks Ben Affleck is delightful in it. Mm-hmm. So you have to ask yourself, what camp is bigger? The camp, the sm- much smaller camp that saw Tender Bar or the camp that likes Leto and Gucci? And I went with Affleck. Do you still have J.K. Simmons in your top five? No. Okay. I, dro- I dropped J.K. Because yeah. I took, because you know what, I took Javier Bardem. Oh, so you think if he's in lead actor, that pushes out J.K. Simmons? Uh, it, it was like my logic. I think I, I couldn't being the Ricardos. I couldn't get on a three acting nod thing, so I kept it at. I was like two. I think it's Bardem or Simmons. Not saying that they're connected, just thinking like that was the logic. So I kept Bardem, the SAG five. And then so we know Cody Smith McPhee for Power of the Dog. Cody and, and Troy, Troy are safe. Coda are the safe ones. And then you're feeling really good about Bradley Cooper? Brad, I, have Brad, I, have, I have Bradley at three. Yeah. He feels good. I have Bradley too, yeah. And if he if he gets that nomination, he can win, which is exciting. I don't... See, that's what's crazy. Him and PTA are both going to be up... Like, well, definitely PTA is going to have 11 nominations at the end of, I think, Tuesday. If Bradley gets three, I kind of think they... St- they don't win still like I, licorice pizza probably has the best shot of winning original screenplay and that would be PTA's win. But I don't think Bradley, I mean, Bradley could win supporting actor. I, like in theory he could, but I just, I go back to Tom Cruise, Magnolia. Like they don't do the movie stars and supporting very yeah, often. But Tom Cruise wasn't where Bradley Cooper is now where Bradley Cooper has been so overlooked for years where he, he is, there've been times where he absolutely deserved to win and did not. Tom was too. I mean, by, by Magnolia, I think he, had, he had one movie where it was close, which was Jerry Maguire, and he lost to Daniel Day Lewis. Born on the Fourth of July. Born, she, yeah. he, he was definitely well, runner up that year. Well, that's the one he lost to Daniel Day Lewis. Was born on the Fourth of July, right? Yeah, and yeah, he, was, yeah. he was definitely runner up that year. Yeah, definitely. And, and Jerry Maguire, he was close too. I, I would say they're about really. I mean, listen, Tom Cruise, nineteen ninety nine, is the biggest person on the planet. So I think like. I think it had a lot to do with it. And, and listen, maybe Bradley does pull it out, and Bradley is overdue, but everyone's also super aware that my show's coming, and they were like, maybe we'll just get him. I hate that. that thinking. I remember one year, <laughs> I know. there was this thinking of, like, let's not vote for Naomi Watts because she's playing Princess Diana in a movie. <laughs> yeah. And then what happened to that movie? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll always say, I always look at Ed Harris. Like, you always thought you were going to get to Ed Harris eventually, yeah. and then it's yeah. been 20 years. And yeah. I do think Jared Leto is in. Um, The only thing that gives me hesitation is because this happened last year where he got all the precursors for uh, the little things and then didn't get the Oscar nomination. So that does give me pause. But I think there's enough. um, Like you said, I think a lot of people have seen that movie. I think there's a lot of fans of that performance. Yeah. I think he'll be the first one to do that two years in a row, by the way. Get all the precursors and miss Oscar. Wow. It's just crazy. Well, that's something. <laughs> yeah, it is, that is that is a stat. And uh, last last question for you guys: the PGA ten. Everyone feels really good about eight of them that are there. And for a nice recap for the Mike Schneiders of the world, Belfast. Mike is falling asleep. No, he, he's he's, falling, he, he's making his to do list. Or he's you're, you're school, you guys are schooling me. I'm, I'm yeah. learning a lot. Uh, Belfast, Power of the Dog, West Side Story, Dune, Licorice Pizza, King Richard, Coda, Don't Look Up. Whatever order you want to talk about, but those are eight. The PGA other two were Tick, Tick, Boom and Being the Ricardos. Stop underestimating Being the Ricardos, people. It's in. Yes. (laughs) I think Being the Ricardos is number nine, especially if Kidman is number one or two in Actress. 
Yeah. I don't think it's Tick, Tick, Boom. Oh, I wanted to be Tick, Tick, Boom or The Lost Daughter. If everyone saw my top 10, it was my number six of the year. I really wanted to be Tick, Tick, Boom. But I, I cannot get that into another category. I think it's just Andrew. So what do you think it is then? Still went, going with No Time to Die? No. I, oh my, if that happens, I need everyone to know here. Like I, I know no one is going to give me credit, but I need you guys to give me credit that I said it for a long time. And but then it out. you retracted it. I, I retracted, yeah. <laughs> I, I went safe and went Nightmare Alley. Yeah, I mean, I was actually surprised Nightmare Alley didn't make the PGA, so it makes sense. And, and I feel like that's a safe choice, especially... It was funny, I, I said if I got it in three artisan categories and I kept Kate Blanchett, that I would definitely take it in picture, and that's where I ended up. I was a little surprised you kept Kate Blanchett in supporting actress, and maybe I'm being naive. I I didn't see it happening, but God, she's so good. She's great so. Why would it she's not happen? Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. I think I'm in for a lot of surprises on Tuesday so, morning. So frankly, who do, you, who do you have for the last spot then? Who do you think uh, it is? Wait, in in picture. Picture. Yeah. I I want to stick with Tick Tick Boom because I just want it to happen. I mean, I would like it to be Lost Daughter, but. I, I don't even know where you have it ranked there. If it's Nightmare Alley, I will not be surprised. If it's Macbeth, I won't be surprised. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go with the PGA 10, which I know never happens. I'm with either Nightmare Alley for the reasons that it's getting in on Artisans, and then it's probably going to get in there, or Macbeth. I, fe- I don't know. I feel like people love that. The ones who have seen I don't know if enough have seen it, though. That's people my really only... like it. No, pe- I wasn't sure. It. Yeah, because, uh, you know, I, a, a lot of my theater friends, I expected them to have very strong opinions on everything that was done wrong. And they do not. They really, really like it. That's the thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Based on my hours of phone conversations, I think it's between four movies for the last spot. Tick, Tick, Boom, Nightmare Alley, Parallel Mothers, and which would make Jazz happy, House of Gucci. I was going to say House of Gucci. Yeah. But I, I, I couldn't take it without having Leto. That's what I, that's where I landed. I was going to say, to your point about No Time to Die, Clayton, I really wouldn't be surprised if that cracks the 10. The amount of people who complain, like we all complain about films being like 90 minutes. This film is like three hours. Yep. People sat through it. They love it. And, and it's, it's the biggest UK up. release of all time. Wow. Right. It's showing up across the guilds, too. I think it's going to be at BAFTA. Yeah. It's it BAFTA 5. 15, I think 15, ca- short, 15 categories there on the long mm-hmm. list, I think. Yep. Something crazy. So I'm like, oh, what if. Including what if? Anna de Armas, by the way, which is gold. Right. Hell which is gold. Yeah. <laughs> She's amazing. So, I don't know. Maybe yeah. the question is, are there any of these PGA 10 you think are vulnerable, like West Side Story even? I think West Side Story is going to limp, but not fall out. I have, I have West Side Story at a healthy seven. Seven's a, a good day for it. It's not a great day, but it's a good day. Yeah, I'm just wondering if one of these ones we think are a sure thing falls out. I mean, like Coda? Because Coda, I get, I have a three nominations. Wow, really? Picture, supporting actor, and, and adapted screenplay. Yeah. I think, like, that's kind of, like, where... I mean, I, I mean, if you think Sean Hader, then, you know, awesome. But I also, I, you know, just kind of think about what's vulnerable. I mean, listen, Terrible Day, King Richard, probably. But I think, based on those combos, it feels really good and safe. I hope so. I, I really... When I saw King Richard, you know, some point last year, I wanted it to go all the way, so... 
if it if it missed Best Picture, which I don't think it will, uh, that would be heartbreaking. Last question, and then I guess we can end there, Mike. But Drive My Car, do you guys believe in Drive My Car? Here's the thing. <laughs> do I believe in it? Uh, I believe in it in that it is a wonderful movie and it's gotten that critical push, but we have not seen that critical push translate into anything else. Like the year we saw Parasite, you know, start to pick up SAG nominations and things like that. So it's just too much of an unknown for me. I, I hope, but... I don't I, think enough people have seen it. Yeah. yeah. That's where I landed. Which is really too bad. It really is a wonderful movie. I mean, once you tell them it's three hours and they're like, wait, what? I try not to tell them that. My mom called me the other day and she said, you know, there's this Japanese movie playing in our, you know, little podunk town in Oregon. And I was like, I was deliberate. I'm like, oh, it's so wonderful. You should see it. And then I knew I heard her say, paper says it's three hours. Hmm. And I was like, I've lost her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't blame her. I do not yeah. blame her. Look, my mom only has so much time left on this planet. <laughs> I don't know if she can <laughs> spend it on a three-hour movie. That's, that's true and of all of some us. Change. That's yeah. true of all Mike, of us. Well, Mike, I would like to dedicate this last part of the podcast to the after party, please. Oh, <gasps> yes. Party. Yeah. Let's, I, I have never been so happy, I think, in all my How life. How great is this party? How great when, I've been waiting party. for this for tw- since 2013. That's when oh it was announced. God. Yeah. Ben Schwartz, supporting actor comedy, I swear to God, it better happen. Um, like, it's great. And if you love the after party, I made a reference to uh, The Last of Sheila, which was the only movie written with a screenplay by Stephen Sondheim and Anthony Perkins um, that is a little reminiscent of the after party. And uh, Phil Lord... Uh, one of the producers on the show was like, oh, yes, we love that movie. Yes. So I just want everyone to know that I'll even go further. And this is hyperbolic. I like it more than Ted Lasso. Whoa. Ooh. Wow. I think it's better Hot than Ted take. Lasso. I will say I've already I've already watched uh, episode three a couple of times because the oh. music is so great. And it's and fantastic. the choreography. It's the the, the, the combo of the two. Um, you know, you only get one shot twice. It's mm-hmm. just... Yeah, so, I mean, listen. So if you, if you can't get the murders trio, the cast of After Party will make a fantastic Oscar host. <laughs> there you go. Speak of the devil. They still have not announced them, so we still. Like, have what a, are you doing? Why, why are you on the call with us? You're <laughs> reporting and finding You're out. To be outside their door, like in seven, <laughs> like in Seven Psychopaths, when Harry Dean Stanton slash Christopher Walken just stands under the guy's window for years, glaring up at him. That needs to be you with the Academy bosses. You could do the say anything thing, but hold the laptop up holding a Hulu episode <laughs> and then just like play only murders episodes all day. Out, outside the Academy. Yeah. Yep. You could also hang a banner outside the PMC building of like, you know, just facing the 405 and. Yeah. But like, do this, there. please. Dear Mr. Academy, I gave you <laughs> the one clue. Yeah. Yeah. But, but honestly. Honestly, now that now that we're talking about it, Ben Schwartz, Sam Richardson, Zoe Chow as the the three hosts instead. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, don't you ignore Ilana Glazer? <laughs> well, yeah, there's there's that, or Ike Barinholtz. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, all yeah. of them. There's, or Tiffany them. Haddish. It's an insane cast. Tiffany Haddish. Yeah, oh, it's God. it's an insane cast. Yeah, arguably the best thing she's ever done. Yeah, I think she's so great on that show. And Dave Franco. Don't forget Dave Franco. I mean, and the list John goes on Early, the great John yeah. Early. I mean, it's it's a murderer's row. It's it's it is <laughs> literally it is the show. I'm suddenly like I can't wait for the next episode. Yeah, so. actually, so because we haven't seen like the last one, so we really don't know who do you think did it. 
I, I, I have to recuse myself from this conversation. Okay, fine. <laughs> Sorry, good. If you know, don't tell me. Have you I, seen the whole thing? No. Oh, she, she will not say. Okay. I, I think it's Walt. The guy that the the guy that they don't ever know what his name. Is. I was about to say the same thing because it's like it's the obvious one. It's the one you don't expect. It's the the guy who's yeah. been in the background. Or it's yeah. Zoe herself. Yeah, yeah. Either way, it's a fun show. So if you uh, haven't figured it out by now, that is our pick of the week. Do we do pick of the picks of the week? I guess we, we do are now. starting it. We're starting it right now. Pick, and pick it's on the, Apple TV Plus. Pick of the year. One, one more since it's just coming out this week. If we haven't talked enough about it, Pam and Tommy. Of course. Amateur. Oh, I read a story about that on Variety. <laughs> Me too. It's terrible. <laughs> I know. I know. Poorly written, but still a great show. Yes. I mean, the story. I can't believe, I can't believe, <laughs> they're dropping the first three episodes, right? And then yeah. week to week? Yes, to, today. Yeah. No, tomorrow, I guess. Tomorrow. Which would be Wednesday, which will be as of this being aired. They're out there. It'll be <laughs> ra- Groundhog's Day. Yeah. For the record, first world problems. I'm not enjoying this three episode drop, then one each week. That's well, not fun either. Now you know how Michael feels when he doesn't get these movie screeners we're all talking about. There you go. <laughs> fine. All right. On that note, next week we will have a lot to talk about. So see y'all then. And we'll do it at four in the morning. Yes. Let's <laughs> be the worst. After the break, Yellowstone star Cole Hauser. From Los Angeles, this is Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And we're back. It's the Award Circuit Podcast. I'm Michael Schneider. Paramount Network just renewed its hit Yellowstone for a fifth season, but that news was not a surprise. It's now the biggest entertainment show on cable, and it spawned an entire universe, including the new Paramount Plus Origins series, 1883. On Yellowstone, Cole Hauser plays Rip Wheeler, the ranch foreman at the Yellowstone Dutton Ranch. He's the right-hand man for John Dutton, played by Kevin Costner, and he has a tumultuous relationship with John's daughter, Beth. Season four ends with their hasty wedding. Where are we going? Wedding. Yours? Yes, sir. <laughs> we ain't had the bachelor party yet. Lloyd, we're doing everything ass backwards, buddy. You'll be married and we won't be able to do any of the shit I'm planning. The groom is big guy, black hat. <laughs> so you, you stand here and uh, you take her hand and you walk her to what would be an altar, and you are. I'm the best man. You stand beside him. I'm just a stall cleaner. Stall cleaner can stay where he is. And, uh, okay, here we go. Variety's Monica Marie Zaria recently spoke to Hauser about Yellowstone and its success. Hauser revealed how he's a lot like Rip, well, except for the murdering people for money part, which he'd like to clarify and emphasize. Hauser is a grizzly guy that likes hunting and hiking and considers himself to be a true outdoorsman. 
He's happy that Rip, who in season one was more of a one-trick pony kind of character, has been given more background and more color as the show has continued. Hauser discusses how that complexity really comes to light in season four. They began by discussing his reaction to the show's elevation in the pop culture zeitgeist. God, you know, I mean, as you know, you know, it, it's kind of a grassroots show that, um, you know, over time, you know, it seems like it's just, you know, caught more and more fire. Um, and it's finally, I think it, it feels like it's finally touches, you know, the edges of America as well. Because, uh, you know, I think we had the heartland for a very long time. And now it seems like New York and L.A. are kind of paying attention, which is nice for a lot of us, you know what I mean, to see that kind of acknowledgement. Yeah, absolutely. And so even though Yellowstone, you know, it takes place in Montana and it seems like most of its audience was, uh, like you just said, at least from the start of the show, from middle America. So what do you think it took for the show like to, to start the getting, you know, the heartland? Yeah, the heartland. <laughs> yeah, the heartland. That's what, <laughs> what this show think? is. It's got a lot of heart, you know what I mean? And I, and I, I think the reason why we're so successful is because of the people in the heartland, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so from, you know, it was very popular in the heartland, but, but yeah. what, what do you think it took for the show to get popular nationwide? You know, why do you think that it drew a broader fan base? Uh, you know, I mean, I don't have the answer for that, to be honest with you. All I know is that, you know, when people, you know, like, you know, you said middle America, the heartland, when they start watching something, um, ultimately, you know, it starts to spread, you know, like I said, like a grassroots kind of feel and people talk about it, you know, interiorly, you know, in our country. And it's it seemingly has spread out to the New York and L.A. Um, and it's a great feeling. I, 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 I'm just happy that Americans are talking about it and they love this kind of show and Taylor's done such a great job and there's, a, you know, a tremendous cast. Um, it's just, uh, it's pretty cool to watch from my angle because, you know, I always knew the show was good. Kevin knew it was good. Kelly Riley, you know, Taylor Sheridan, but you know, and the list goes on with actors, but now we're finally getting that kind of acknowledgement, I think, you know, from even people like yourself, Monica, you know what I mean? So it's nice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I am a very big fan and I am a Miami girl, so definitely not part of the heartland, but uh, I'm really, really <laughs> enjoying it. <laughs> you can be considered a part um, of heartland. If you're in, if you're in Miami, that's, that's a part of it. <laughs> you're in the South. <laughs> You're in the deep south. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot has happened since this show, uh, this, you know, first came out, like the pandemic. And a lot yeah. of people during the pandemic have have really gotten into escapist shows, um, you know, mm -hmm. like Emily in Paris. And Yellowstone depicts vast landscapes and has a really... Uh, wild, wild west vibe to it. Do you think that that sort of led to Yellowstone's rise? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a part of, you know, the typography and the landscape that has definitely, you know, uh, created some interest, you know, but ultimately I think, you know, it's it's Taylor's writing, you know, it's the characters, it's the story each year. You know, those are the things that really, you know, kind of hook 
audiences. So, but yeah, the, the landscape is, I mean, it, I'm assuming that people are just, you know, they're moving to Montana in droves now. So I think that's the answer to your question. You know. <laughs> so let's talk portraying uh, ranch hand Rip Wheeler. Um, I heard through the grapevine that Steven Spielberg once referred to you, <laughs> once referred to you as one of the uh, last of the cowboys when you guys worked <laughs> together in High Incident, and wow, I would really that? like to know where where cowboy comes in because i saw that you were born in santa barbara you yeah. were raised between oregon and florida so i you know i kind of want to know what uh what spielberg was talking about there so steven you know he hired me when i was 21 years old and i was a little bit of a rebel at the time um if you can imagine a 21 year old boy um <laughs> and i i think we are on the lot of universal and we were watching this film that he he just put together and i pulled up in my truck and i had country music playing and he called my agent because it was kind of cranked pretty loud he goes man that's the last of the cowboys right there <laughs> and so jim osborne was my <laughs> agent. <laughs> he he he, he he called me and he goes man you, spielberg called you the last of the cowboys man and i was like oh wow I mean, he, he's such a, first of all, I mean, he, he gave me a, a, a great, you know, break at the time and he's such a great guy. I mean, I've, you know, obviously I'm a fan of his, but also he's a fan of mine. So it's, it's, it's been a pretty cool little relationship we, him and I have. Yeah. So, um, while you've been filming, uh, in Yellowstone's two primary shooting locations, which are, I believe Montana and Utah, have you been able to take some time and, and get to know the areas? Are you like Rip, you know, more of an outdoorsman? Yeah. Well, my family's from Helena. So um, on my dad's side. So I've, I've spent time in Montana prior to do the show and, and then to do a show in Montana and, and play the character that I play is a pretty cool honor, you know? Yeah. How else do you uh, relate to Rip and how are you different from him? Oh God. Uh, how do I relate? I mean, I, I love to hunt. I love, you know, uh, being outside and, and being, you know, and hiking and, you know, just being up in the mountains, I think, you know, and riding horses. I mean, I've always, I've always loved that. Um, I mean, what's different than him is, you know, I, I guess I don't kill people for a living, so that's pretty different. <laughs> <laughs> That for the record. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you put that in, in a quote. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people are like, man, take them to the train station. Rip. I'm thinking, I can't say that shit. <laughs> don't, don't, don't say that. You know, I'll be in, I'll be in the jail. <laughs> um, and why, why do you think that it took so long for Yellowstone to finally get recognized with a SAG award? Um, by the way, congratulations uh, on that nomination. Thank you. Um, and it's also me, for the season I mean, to be renewed. Yes, I know, for the whole cast. But congratulations to you all. Um, yeah. And also for that fifth season renewal. Very exciting stuff. Why do you, I think it had taken so long? Um, I don't know. That's a great question. You should ask yourself that. 
I mean, you know, look, the reality is a lot of people weren't reporting about this, you know, and and uh, I think, to be honest, it's so nice that you guys are finally giving a shit, you know what I mean? And like, and asking the questions and, and wanting to know about the show and the characters. And, you know, I just, I think we're all thankful that, you know, Variety, you know, people, all, all these magazines and, 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 you know, online, you know, um, is that the, you guys actually are, are asking that. So I, I just, I'm, I, I'm happy to, to know that, I guess, you know, and so I think we deserve it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And have you seen uh, any of the show of the other shows that were uh, that were nominated in the outstanding performance fan ensemble drama yeah. series category, like Handmaid's Tale, Succession, Morning yeah. Show, Squid Game? Were you a fan of any of those? I've watched a bit of succession. I'm a big Brian Cox fan. I worked with him years ago and, and he's such a wonderful actor. And uh, so I've watched that. And then I watched a bit of a squid game. Um, definitely interesting. It's not my cup of tea, but I mean, I was pretty blown away about, you know, what they were doing and how they were doing it. So, um, uh, but other than that, I've, I have only watched those two shows. Yeah. So which character would you like Rip to grow closer to in season five? If there was any any character on the show right now question. in Yellowstone that you wish Rip had a better relationship with? Um, I don't wish he had a better relationship, but I think I keep learning from John Dutton. You know what I mean? And that that's something that I'm excited about. You know, I was with Taylor yesterday and we we're talking about season five and I was in Fort Worth and for the rodeo and and um, yeah, I would love to see, you know, more of Rip learning from him, you know, um, because he's such a and, and, you know, and more work with Kevin. Like the great thing in season four is we got the opportunity to work more together. And he's such a great person, number one, but uh, a great artist. And the more I get to work with him, you know, I I learn a lot from him, you know, both in real life and also on screen. Yeah, so one of the biggest themes in Yellowstone, I think, is fatherhood um, and, and what it means to be a patriarch and and how, uh, you know, toxic masculinity and sort of like toxic ideas of, of what it means to be a dad um, sort of plays into that. And you, th- you see a lot of that uh, in season four, uh, in particular with with Rip. Um, and I would love it if you could talk a little bit more about how you think that Rip has overcome some aspects of that and how he still, you know, by the end of season four is struggling with, uh, you know, being sort of like a proxy dad now. Yeah. I don't know if he's, uh, <laughs> you know, obviously I'm a dad of three children. So I, I, I like to think I'm, you know, I've learned some stuff along the way, but uh, I think with Rip, you know, he, uh, especially in four, I don't think he, first of all, I, the way I wanted it to come off and the way that I think it did was that he was just not prepared for it at all, you know, and his comfort zone, um, is, is not being, uh, a teacher that way, you know, he's just not, um, and you, and you see that right out of the gates with him. You know, um, but over time, 
and I think, you know, there was this great moment, which I, uh, Stephen Kay, the director of the episode, you know, and I kind of talked about. Um, and, you know, when I throw him out of the truck and then I get back in and I'm driving away and there's this moment where I look in the rear view mirror and I basically, I mean, for me and for Stephen, it was myself that I was looking at, you know, and, and that's kind of why I stop and I, I back up and I get out and grab his backpack and the whole thing and throw him in the car. But, you know, f- for me, I think that just that moment is really um, where you see the transition. And then he's, you know, it's tough love, you know, and there's nothing about Rip that's not real in that way. You know, he, you have to earn, you know, his, you know, his, um, his friendship and his love. So, you know, and you see it. And I think, you know, I saw some comments, you know, that people said that it was a little too tough, but that's just who he is. You know, he treats everybody the same way. He treats the president and the parking attendant the same way, you know? Yeah, that that is so true. He's (laughs) definitely one of the more consistent, consistent characters on the show. And speaking of that, I'd like to know um, if you could look back uh, on your time on the show, what did you first think of Rip when you took, you know, your first read uh, of that script? Um, and how how has he changed for you or evolved for you, you know, currently present day about to start production for season five? God, so much. That's such a great question. Thank you for asking that. Um, I, I feel like, you know, he started a little bit, you know, as a one trick pony, you know, I mean, not that he was written that way, but, you know, he was, you know, kind of the heavy, you know, he was, you know, the bodyguard and, and then Taylor and I, you know, started talking and he really, you know, and I, I give a lot of credit to Taylor, you know, he, he could see in me that there was other stuff that he wanted to tap into. And, and he really did. I mean, if you look at the character now, He's got a ton of colors to him, you know, um, and that's a lot to do with, you know, Taylor Sheridan and and him seeing that in me as just as a person. So, you know what I mean? And then being able to to write it in a way that makes sense, you know, um, to the character and also, you know, in the show. Yeah. So who do you think, uh, other than, other than Rip, who I would say is, is one of the more underrated characters of the show, but who do you think is another one of the most underrated characters on Yellowstone that you would maybe, you would maybe like to see, uh, that character get a little bit more respect, a little bit more recognition <laughs> from the fans. You know, Jake Reams going to love when I say this, but it's Jake, Jake Reem. Do you know who he is? Do you know which one he is? <laughs> His name is Jake on the show, yes. but you, you do? He's got a beard? Yes, I do. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, no, I mean, and him and, and Ethan Lee, they're they're like the real deal, you know what I mean? And, and, and also funny as hell and just great people and, you know, become more natural in front of the camera. Um, but when it comes to underrated, I mean, you know, I, I don't think anybody's underrated anymore. I mean, we, you know, maybe four years ago, but <laughs> nowadays everybody is doing really great. But the thing is, is that I, I, I love those two guys and, you know, for your J too, Smith. I mean, who plays Lloyd, my buddy. I mean, he's really, again, he's not underrated. He's a great actor, but um, he's just a 
awesome dude, man. You know, all of them are. Yeah, it seems seems like you guys have have a lot of camaraderie on set. It seems very natural uh, when you're watching the show. You know, the mm-hmm. the ranch hand brotherhood kind of code really really goes through. <laughs> I mean, the one thing that that you know when you watch the show and and you know obviously you have that that's not really talked about is is the friendship and the family that has been created, you know, on set with those guys I'm talking about all the way up to Taylor Sheridan, you know, to, you know, Nicole Sheridan. I mean, it's just, it's a family, you know, and he's created that. And, you know, the casting, just the people that are involved from the crew, you know, the DP, I mean, you know, Christina, like all of it is, it's just a, it's a wonderful thing to be a part of, you know, and certainly last year in season four, you know, where everybody is going through a lot with COVID, you know, the idea that we had the opportunity to go and, and, and do what we love and, and do it the right way, you know, and, and be up in Montana and, you know, be on horseback and, um, and create, it was uh, pretty magical, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And again, that really, uh, really goes, you know, it, it just flows through the show, um, especially for us fans who watch it religiously. Um, yeah. And just seeing that dynamic unfold on screen is it's pretty special. Um, before we go, I'd love it if you would uh, tell us a little bit about what's next for you, uh, besides filming Yellowstone, of course. <laughs> Um, I just got to Mississippi. I'm doing uh, my second film with Morgan Freeman, um, which I'm really excited about. Uh, Michael Mailer, who's Norman Mailer's um, son, is directing it. And he's written it. And it's a great, really cool film, independent about, you know, about humanity and, and greed and, and money and, you know, uh, all, all the things that... Uh, we try not to do in life, but somehow it kind of, you know, it gets you every once in a while. So it's a great story and, and, and one about, um, you know, love and, and humanity. And I'm, I'm pretty, pretty excited about it. I don't start until Tuesday. So I got a little bit of time finally to just kind of study and, and think and write on the script. And uh, I'm really excited about it. That's Cole Hauser, star of Yellowstone, the Paramount Network series now nominated at the SAG Awards for Outstanding Drama Ensemble. And that's it for this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Drew Griffith edited this episode and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest Oscar predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Janelle Riley, and Clayton Davis, I'm Michael Schneider, and we'll see you on the circuit. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.